So imagine you're sitting on the ground, right? And then you would just put your hands behind your back and then you lift yourself. It makes way more sense Correct. now that now that you describe it that way. I was seeing it as like <laughs> inverted hands and feet and like doing some, you know, like, ring stuff. That's easy. No. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to another episode of the Living Wild Podcast. I'm Brent Philbin, and today we are going to be speaking with Francesca Martinez. Now, Francesca Martinez is a monster in the fitness space, and we were super excited to have her on the Ancestral Mind. I will let the Ancestral Mind podcast actually give that intro properly, but I just wanted to let all of you Living Wild Wildlings know that this was originally posted on the Ancestral Mind, but we wanted to let the listeners here listen to this episode because it is super lined with wild foods and it was one of our most interesting guests to date. So check out this episode of the Living Wild Podcast cross-posted with the Ancestral Mind now. Welcome to the show, Francesca. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Uh, well, you're welcome for having you, but uh, your, our thank you is more important. We're joined here. I'm Brent Philbin, obviously, and we're joined with Colin Stuckert, our host. Gals, Colin here. And what we want to know is about your story, who you are, what you're doing. You're here in Austin doing big things, so give us the quick version. Or the so, long version. Well, we're going to get the long version later. <laughs> Start with the quick one. So started off as a fitness enthusiast, realized I needed to get a little bit more educated. I fell down the rabbit hole of fitness, and now I'm like complete devout like fitness freak um i'm not dogmatic I'm super all around i think i like to say like a well-rounded fitness person but yeah that's a quick version of my story so, here okay. in austin doing fitness things how long ago was this like how long are you into this journey right now um so i got my degree in fitness in 2015 so like those four three four years like following up to that i was really big and just you know the like the technical side of fitness. So, you know, learning stuff like legitimately from textbooks and figuring out how to apply that practically. Was that like NASM or something like that, like personal training or? Um, yeah, so I did NASM too. So I went to uh, University of Central Florida and I went through their whole fitness training program. And then I ended up going, I ended up doing NASM. You're from Florida? Yeah. We are all from Florida on the show. That is no true. way. <laughs> yes, I grew up in, actually, we both grew up in Southwest Florida, uh, Fort Myers, Naples, Bonita Springs area. That's awesome. And then Brent lived in Miami for a while. I was over there in an apartment with him for a bit. I'd come over on the weekends. A Ooh. lot of our friends are from South Florida as well. That's great. Where you do guys you miss grow? it? I'm from I South do. Florida. <laughs> I don't really, yeah, but because I like South Austin Florida, a lot. especially is not my. But um, I do miss the beach. You know, mm-hmm. you know. But we're basically like the same heat over here. I don't miss the humidity. But uh, yeah, nothing compares to the sea breeze. That's like the biggest thing for me. Yeah, I do miss the beach. Awesome. <laughs> So what, why Austin then? Like you grew up in, in Florida, you, you could have probably stayed there. I mean, did something bring you over here or? Yeah. So I ended up meeting my boyfriend known as the primal soldier and uh, yeah, we kind of just kicked it off and we had a lot in common. We're both very like similar passions and just kind of kicked it off and I ended up moving to Austin and never turned back since. Did you guys meet in Florida and then basically you came over here to join him in Austin or what was that like? Yeah. So we met super casually. It wasn't even fitness related. Um, well, the person that met us or introduced us is my uncle and he's into the on it training and stuff. Okay, so he cool. introduced us in Wynwood super casually and we just like hit it off. That's awesome. How long ago was that? 
that was last year, September. Or no, 2017, September. I want to take a second here to uh, give a shout out to your uncle. The <laughs> families are always trying to play matchmaker and always failing miserably. So it's nice to hear a success is, story. Yeah, success story. I, yeah, this one was a success because I guess he wasn't trying. Like my uncle's super sweet guy, like almost to the point where like you would say maybe he's a little naive on like the fact that he was like, oh, no, they're just going to hit it off as friends. I'm like, mm. come on. He's oh. single. I'm single. Both into fitness. He likes That's to take awesome. off his shirt. That's the trick. Come it's on. accidental matchmaker. The the <laughs> intentional like yeah. you need to you need to do this. You need to do this. That that one never works out. That must have been that's the secret sauce. <laughs> I, I, I also want to point out you said something earlier that I really liked. You are not dogmatic. No. About yeah, I want to unpack that particular. a little bit soon. Uh, but I want to get back to a little bit to the origin story real quick. So oh. you got out here to Austin. Is that mm-hmm. what really kicked off a lot of this primal movement stuff? I mean, because you're for people, you know, are listening right now, they go check you out on Instagram. It's F-R-A-N-C-H-E-S-K-A Fit, Francesca Fit on Instagram. And she's got an amazing profile. It's actually what what made me reach out to her. We've met, you know, here and there through a few mutual friends in Austin, but I've been following your content more and more. And I have some really cool things I want to talk about with your content because you're doing it in a very unique way. Like a lot of fitness especially from the female perspective it's just like how can i do booty pics and, and booty exercises and like all the same nonsense and like we're all sick of it i feel like you know yet you've been able to build this brand that is a very visual brand but it's but it's about it's more about the fitness and the content and the movement which i think is very very amazing actually like i give you Thank mad you. props for that right um and so like everyone needs to obviously go check it out but what was the genesis for this? Like, did you just start kind of like sharing some of the fitness and then you kind of got, uh, you, you know, you got the primal movement bug. Cause it's a little bit of a unique thing in fitness. Anyways, a lot of people think of fitness is like going to the gym. Yeah. So honestly, uh, it started off very organic. Like if you go all the way back to like my first post on my Instagram, which I highly, please don't do it. Don't embarrass me. <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm <laughs> scrolling I'm right scrolling. now. <laughs> it's a couple thousand you got to get to before you get yeah, to it. Yeah, I know, right? Um, but when I first started my Instagram, that's when I first decided to like get officially into the fitness industry because I already dabbled like with my degree in fitness culture mm-hmm. and doing a lot of like traditional training. Uh, but once I decided to just like drop everything and follow my like quote unquote passion as a trainer, I just started with food posts. So I just started with food posts. I think my first like fitness video is literally me just doing like toes to the bar, mm-hmm. um, just like on, hanging on a pull-up bar. Um, so I actually started working at a gym. You're going to think this is great. I started working at a gym called Primal Fit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there you go. And the reason why I started working there was because of my uncle. So it's the same uncle. His name's AJ. Um, shout out AJ. <laughs> I like AJ. We got to him on the show. Yeah, yeah we got AJ on the show. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. AJ is a super badass. So AJ, pretty much my uncle AJ, I really respect him because I've always known my uncle to be like very studious, very educated, and just like a hard worker. You know, like he's not going to just say something because someone heard someone say it. Like he's going to go research it and like dig. So mm-hmm. he told me, he's like, honestly, if you want to get in the fitness industry, he's like, you should check out on it training, their training system. He's like, their education system is like top notch. He was telling me how they're, you know, super well-rounded, how they bring, you know, professionals in their, like in their niche, fitness niche, their specialty mm-hmm. from all over the world to come and teach them. So they have like, they bring in animal flow people, they bring in foundation training, all types of stuff. FRC, are you guys familiar with FRC? Like functional no. range conditioning. So it's like specialized, like niche fitness stuff, like super niche. So they would get educated from all these different, different angles, yeah. different angles. And then they'd kind of just like mash it together. Yep. So I really like that approach. So I started training at Primal Fit as a, or I just started interning there, honestly. 
So I just went, I started interning there and I really liked it. And um, I ended up being a really good match for them. And I think the reason why my uncle suggested it is because my training was kind of already in line with that. Like I had a very like progressive functional perspective already on my training through who I was educated from at UCF. So I think that was just a perfect match. And um, I also have a dance background and I used to do modern dance. Mm, so modern dance yeah. has like that very primal, Definitely. like that's like the African, kind of like a very Afro root. So you like to get mm-hmm. on the ground a lot. We roll, you like exhale, like with your movement. So it's very, like very primal in sense. So I think that was just a perfect mashup. And then from there, not to go super long winded, but I stopped working at Primal Fit. And I think that's where my career really took off personally, because I stopped doing the whole 4 a.m. to 9 p.m. gig. You know, I wow. actually was able, yeah, <laughs> that gym was no joke. <laughs> Wait, as an intern, they had you working 4 a.m. to 9 p.m.? Well, I went from interning to working there probably within like two months. It was pretty quick. Um, but as soon as I started working there, I started picking up the 4 a.m. shift. Or the, it's a 5 a.m. shift, but you know, you know how it is. You got to like brush your teeth, try to like wash the crust out of your eyes. By the time you do all that, it's like an hour before your shift. And you're like, oh, man, I got to rush to work. <laughs> How many um, times were you there for the 5 a.m. shift when you owned the CrossFit gym, Colin? Never. <laughs> we'll get Yeah, we'll get into that a little bit. I've been in fitness for a long time before moving to Austin. Uh, but I want to get into a little bit into... Okay, by the way, I just finally reached the bottom of your Instagram page. What? I was scrolling, scrolling that entire time. time. It's food picks, right? It's all food yeah, picks. It, the first one's like a, a split handstand, and then the next one's a pick of mango, and then we have some berry granola thing. Here's like a, a guava... <laughs> And it's, it's great because like if you scroll through from top to bottom, you see the evolution as your content kind of changes and shifts and gets, you know, the, the quality gets higher quality and everything. And I mean, it's just a, it's a really good example of just the journey to do anything, especially like building Instagram following. I mean, you have a, what, over 130,000 followers right now. Mm-hmm. Like that, that doesn't just happen. Like, you know, that's not like going viral. Like you, you worked for that yeah. and built that over, over years. It sounds like. Absolutely. So primal movement though, like mm-hmm. you said that a lot of people don't know what you're talking about. Can you define that plus maybe even functional movement compared to what would be, let's say, not traditionally functional or non-functional movement? Like more unconventional. Yeah. Um, yeah. So whenever I explain my training, I usually say I come from like a functional perspective lens so that I always try to prioritize biomechanics. So you want to make sure that we're actually moving in ranges that your body's designed to. Because, you know, a lot of times, even if you talk about rotation in the spine, people are like, okay, your spine's supposed to rotate. But there's actually certain vertebrae that are designed to rotate while others are not yeah. supposed to rotate. Yeah. Um, so that's why I like to start off explaining my training to people because a lot of people see like flashy stuff or they see me looking like a freaking gorilla somewhere running around. And they're like, what does she do? And it's like, I do a lot of stuff, but everything is through the lens of functional training where we have to have a strong foundation. And then from there, we can make sure that our foundation and everything else that's attached to it is moving you know, in a better way, but yeah. And so then from- more natural yeah, maybe to like the human body, right? Where, mm-hmm. what are some examples of movements in the gym that are maybe not traditionally considered functional or, I mean, like they could be very specific movements, but I mean like the a bicep curl versus like a deadlift, for example, like, can you speak Absolutely. on some of the differences a little bit there? Yeah. So for example, like a bicep curl, there's very few times in nature that you're actually going to be like just pulling something towards your chest with your Mm -hmm. elbows tight to your side. Like a bicep curl is usually really strict unless you're supposed to be doing like a rocking bicep curl or something. Mm -hmm. Um, Or even like there's very few times that you're, you ever seen those bicep curls where guys are laying on their back and they're (laughs) using a cable machine? I've seen all kinds of stuff in the gym. <laughs> so they're like laying flat on their time. back. <laughs> yeah. uh, any t- no matter what type of bicep curl you do, like it doesn't actually mimic any type of movement you'll be doing your day to day. 
Like right. maybe you'll be bicep curling some groceries, but it's probably going to be maybe more of a row where you're pulling a little bit more with right. your lat and or less pull up bicep. Maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And I uh, think a good way to think about that is just like activating more muscles. Like I even see people just doing like shoulder press or a bicep curl sitting on a bench. And I'm like, bro or gal, stand up and get, at least get your abs going, like get some midline stabilization going. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's like, it's just at amazing. Least. And you know, it's the kind of like bodybuilding versus on one of the spectrum, you have more like primal CrossFit style movement, more warehouse gym. And I think they all, you know, if you have a certain purpose, they all have a time and a place. Um, but I definitely lean more towards functional movement myself. That's a little bit more of my background. And obviously the ancestral mind is about our ancestral past. Mm-hmm. And so I think just primal movement is just something that we all need and would probably solve a lot of like back pain issues and so many things like that. Can you speak on that a little bit? Maybe like, what are some of the common ailments that are just like a result of our devolving society and how can people move more and start thinking about their movement more? Neck pain. So I started Mm, my own functional or, you know, trying to become more functional in my own training. Um, cause I started off just doing a little bit more traditional bodybuilding based on like what I was able to find online easily. So starting with more bodybuilding stuff, I started getting so much pain. And then even when I got deeper into functional training, I feel like there's just layers to it. You know, you learn, okay, what is like, what is my quote unquote core? I know people hate that, but it's easy. We're going to use the word core, you know? So I feel like there's always a layer when it comes to it. So people are like, okay, when it comes to functional training, let's make sure that we're, you know, using as many muscles as we can, like you said, Mm -hmm. trying to engage more full body. And then the thing that really, really nails it up for me, how you said, like, what's the biggest telltale of like us declining as like a biomechanical system or biomechanical Mm -hmm. species? It's the neck, man. The neck is, man. How about this? I had such bad pain in my neck about it was like my neck and my shoulder my neck and my shoulder about a year and a half ago i was so in so much pain i was depressed like literally i was Mm -hmm. in so much pain i was depressed and then it's funny because now i feel like my neck has gotten so much better and i'm overly conscious about it at this point like when i'm driving i'm like use your headrest you know like where's your neck in place but if you look around at anybody i mean thankfully you guys here with like decent neck posture so i can't call you guys out um (laughs) doing a little (laughs) neck posture dance over here but honestly if you look at my 12 year old brother throughout the whole day his neck is destroyed he's looking at his phone he's slouching in a desk like this this. he's at home and no matter where he is their necks are just destroyed and that translates to training too if you go to any gym like the lack of neck awareness is insane Mm -hmm. like we don't even our deep muscles in our neck mine aren't even developed and that's some i'm somebody that consciously tries to work on developing their neck stability and their neck strength so yeah i can go on forever about the neck but yes the neck is the biggest telltale of how we're failing as like a flourishing species and not even like oh my god we're dying as a species but like we're supposed to be mobile we're supposed to be strong we're supposed to be able to move in a whole bunch of ranges and the fact that we're in one range most of the day is so detrimental to our health and long-term health too just as a species right with sitting neck posture looking Absolutely. down at the screen even now i'm looking at my screen i'm having to kind of tilt down a little bit mm-hmm. and i have to kind of be aware keep my abs a little bit activated otherwise my lower back i get issues with that you Absolutely. know and so i'm doing more standing versus sitting it's just like a never-ending battle for me it's been back a back pain right playing video yeah. games growing up and just like sitting on a screen i um Allison, my my girlfriend, she has neck pain as well. And so we had a baby and so carrying him, breastfeeding, all these different things, like she's constantly like in this position where her neck is craned over and Aww. just becoming more aware of it. And obviously like after the show, maybe some some exercise recommendations, like I can give her for <laughs> sure, you know? Yes. Um, but it's it's like we all have these, these, they're byproducts of us devolving by living the bulk of our time in these 
positions that are not natural. Like movement yeah. is more natural than being stationary. And yet we're more stationary. Absolutely. You know? And I get into this debate a lot with all of my fitness friends, because like, if you're not debating with your fitness friends, you're not living your life to the fullest. Exactly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, and my friends have a valid point. Like everyone has a valid point and it's about finding that balance of you know trying to be the best modern humans that we can but some of my friends are like oh but we're supposed to be in a flex position and it's like wait i in my opinion it's that we can be in a flex position we can access that range and we should have access to that range but that shouldn't be your range all freaking day so why <laughs> do they some say rotation that- in your spine walk maybe go for a run we're designed to run we're like one of the best runners on the planet yeah and endurance runners there's a lot of uh a couple of books written about this. Maybe he was born to run, but mm-hmm. humans were endurance runners. We would not sprint faster than our prey. We would just outlast them, mm-hmm. and then they would keel over, die, and it'd be easy an easy meal. You like, know what I'm, I'm just gonna go run for three days just in case. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh yeah, there's so many different threads to pull on here. But I, I would say let's just start with the every man first, or the every woman. Mm-hmm. People aren't moving enough. We're sitting too much. We're we're being stationary too much. We're laying on a couch or a bed or whatever too much. What are some maybe actionable ways to to move more? And then also, I know you mentioned that you you wanted to make a point that you believe everybody should move. And I, I'm I'm the same way. I believe it's uh you know it's the first principle of human health. Like we need to move. And even myself knowing this, I don't move as much as I should because like Likewise. work and shit. You know, like it just mm-hmm. happens, right? And you're an active person, so most people would not imagine you probably don't move enough. But just you know, like you're not living on Instagram all day long, right? Like you're still doing other things. So I'm walking like, around are, with my neck craned over. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right? So what are some, um, what are some things that people can start maybe doing some actionable steps to just uh, move more or honestly, even think about their movement? My advice is always just go with something that you actually enjoy. Cause I feel like a lot of times when it's tackling something or just trying to do more of whatever it is, it could be healthy, healthy eating for anything. I think we try to be too strict and too dogmatic with it. We're like, okay, so-and-so said I need to do this, so I'm going to go follow to T. Honestly, my movement journey just started with doing stuff I enjoyed. And I think that's why I've always, for the most part, like 95% of my life, I've always continued being a mover and I've always found pleasure in moving. It's because I don't necessarily, cha- like, I don't try to chase something that is going to give me the result that I want. I'm, I try to chase something for the purpose of just being fulfilled, like just to freaking feel good. You know, don't do, don't go do Pilates because so-and-so said it's going to make your thighs tighter. Just do whatever makes you feel good. Like mm-hmm. as cheesy and woo-woo and 2019 as that is, like truly, like if you like going hiking, <laughs> go hiking. If you like kayaking, go kayaking. Yeah, like it I, really I doesn't sure. matter. Like you yeah, can I th- play, play yo-yo. Like if you want to yo-yo more, you're moving more. You got to go chase the yo-yo. Yo, I used to crush <laughs> yo-yo back, yeah. back in No, I mean, it's school. so true though. It's it just, I think that's a good actual first tip is find the things that are the easiest for you. Some mm-hmm. people love going on walks. Some people love, I don't like running. Like I just, it's not my thing. Like, um, but I do like, I like hiking or I actually like running on a trail, but you know, I have to kind of commit to doing that. But like <laughs> there's things that I can fit, find to do that are easier for me versus not as easy. Some people like swimming a lot more. Like, so do that. Right. Mm-hmm. I would say default to that being the first thing. I think people have this idea of, of fitness that it has to be like going to the gym three days a week, doing chest and buys back and tries, whatever, like following this routine. And that's like the only way to do it. But like most of us, if we just got outside and did some movement a couple mm-hmm. times a week, like you could literally solve chronic pain or at least mitigate chronic pain, yeah. and like, and it's- you know, build your fitness, you know? 
And I think the perspective, the best perspective of my opinion to take, and I always try to, you know, coax my clients into just being easier on themselves. It's just think of everything as a milestone. Like your life is a whole bunch of milestones. Like you started off, you couldn't even like hold up your head. Um, So especially when it comes to fitness, like my personal story, I used to always be active, but I decided to take my first like actual fitness credit class uh, when I just when rollerblading wasn't enough for me. Like I used to rollerblade all the time. Uh, I was honestly like a rollerblading junkie. Like that was my cardio. I was like, okay, uh, you're supposed to do cardio to lose weight. I got this. I'm gonna just rollerblade. And then mm-hmm. it got to the point that no matter how much rollerblading I did, like I couldn't lose weight anymore. And I think that, you know, that's a good basis to have. Like if you're already moving and you're already committed to moving every day, it's going to be easier to take the next step in your fitness journey. Okay. So what about weights and weightlifting? How does that play into functional training? Because, you know, there, there is a point where a good weightlifting as a baseline is good for most people. I would say even elderly should be yes. lifting a little bit of weights to stave off osteoporosis and bone, yes. bone and Especially stuff like that. Right. Women. So, well, that's that's kind yes. of where I was going. Cause like mm-hmm. a lot of women have this idea that like, I'm going to get bulky bro. And I'm like, no. I'm like, I'm a guy. Do you realize how hard it is to gain muscle? Like I like, no, it's not going to happen. Right. So um, what are your thoughts on, on that topic? Oh man. All right. I'm a can of worms. So be ready. Honestly, <laughs> open up uh it's just so so much rooted is rooted in just insecurity i think the biggest all of that is like rooted in insecurity and i think the biggest thing is being afraid to put a little bit of muscle mass on because you know what i think the women have a valid point when i stop lifting my body's completely different from when i do lift and it's not that i look more masculine and it's not that i'm more muscular it's just a different look it's more athletic Mm -hmm. You know, and I think a lot of women are fixated on like this overplayed 1990s, early 2000 idea of what beauty is. You know, women think that like having pencil thin thighs and like no butt and Mm -hmm. like big breasts is stereotypical pretty. And that's fine. And a lot of people do think that. But I think a lot of it is like putting like making that your idea of beauty and making it so that your body fits that idea of beauty. And no matter what, unless I'm a yogi who doesn't eat enough food. That's the only way I'm going to look like that. And I'm not happy yeah. like that. I'm actually depressed and I look unhealthy and I look sick and I don't have a menstrual cycle. Like that's not okay. Mm-hmm. So my first thing is this. I just want to debunk what beauty is. Like beauty is whatever you want it to be. So yeah, because honestly, everyone I don't, I'm probably, let's say I'm 10 pounds lighter. Let's, how about this? I'm fi- actually, as of today, today I weigh 121 pounds. I'm about 15, 16 pounds lighter when I don't lift weights. So you Mm. can tell the difference on my body. Yes. So women are valid when they say that they do put on muscle. And it's not even like the way you think. They think they look huge like a CrossFitter. But to them, it's just a little fuller. But I think a Mm -hmm. lot of it is based in insecurity and the idea of what we think beauty is. Um, But yeah, go lift weights. It's going to make you healthier. So apparently there's been a lot of studies that your mortality rate is directly correlated to how much muscle mass you have. So if you have more muscle mass when you're older, you live longer. If you lift more weights, your bones adapt. So you actually don't get osteoporosis, you know, and And your brain, but mental health as well. Everything, everything Mm -hmm. actually adapts. So yeah, I think my biggest thing is just realizing that like, yeah, you know, you are going to put on a little bit muscle. Your, your muscles are good. Your thighs might look a little bit more jacked because, you know, that's where women are usually stronger. It's usually just the thighs. Um, cause I'm not like my biceps are huge, but they're not that big. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think that's the biggest thing. It's just, you know, realizing that it's healthy for you and it's beautiful as well. That's my biggest. Yeah, thing and I also think women. genetics plays a big role too. Like, you know, there are certain females that might naturally 
be easy gainers versus hard gainers. I know as a Absolutely. guy, I'm a hard gainer. It takes mm-hmm. everything. I got to commit my life if I want to put on muscle, <laughs> right? Whereas I know guys can go in the gym, eat whatever they want and lift a few sets and they just get huge. And it's like, in some ways it's really annoying that that is the case, but I've come <laughs> to accept like my reality. Like I'm, I'm better body weight stuff. I'm better gymnastics. So that when, when I had the CrossFit gym, I was always trying to make sure that my gymnastics was as good as possible so that I was at least somewhat well-rounded to make up for maybe my lifts not being as strong, for example. Mm-hmm. Right. But I think from an aesthetic perspective like most people aren't going to get to the point where they're going to be getting that big like you can always just dial down the volume if you have to or whatever like most people just need to get in the gym and they use that as an excuse to not do that which is i think is a big honestly to jump on piggyback on your point i think when most people go to the gym and they do quote-unquote normal weightlifting it's actually bodybuilding (laughs) they exactly so can you you explain that Yeah. So, oh man. And I love this because, um, I remember going through the education program at at my university and every class they drill in the same thing. And I was like, man, we get it. Why do you keep drilling in the same point of showing us what's the difference between power training, strength training, aerobic Mm -hmm. training, and specifically hypertrophy training because strength and hypertrophy are not the same. And like, I got Break so those down as yeah, well. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. I got so bored of it, but like now yeah. I realize, oh man, there was a huge reason why every class went over it. So power training, you do less reps, higher volume. So power training is actually going to give you more ballistic movements, going to give you more overall strength in the sense of doing a short burst of energy. So power, what's a movement example of that? Like a movement. A tire flip is perfect. So you can't like really do a power do clean, maybe a power clean. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to mm-hmm. do 12 power cleans back to back at your maximal weight. You're probably sure. only going to get two, three power cleans, maybe like five at a decent weight going for maximal lifts. So then that's the power section. Power is usually lower reps, higher load. And then strength is a little bit in between both of those. So for strength, you're probably maybe going for like six to 10 reps and then moderate weight. And then when you do hypertrophy, hypertrophy is lower load and then way higher reps. So the rep scheme could be anywhere from, it's usually 10 to 12 for hypertrophy, just so you can get, so hypertrophy, the whole purpose of hypertrophy, and for any of the any of you that don't know what hypertrophy means, because I can, a lot of us like to speak in jargon and we forget. So hypertrophy is just trying to get more muscle mass. So you're trying yes, to size. create yep. muscle size. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you're trying to create tiny muscle, muscle, like tears like uh, what do they call them? My, my micro abrasions or whatever mm-hmm. so that your muscle actually heals and grows bigger not necessarily stronger yep. yeah but bigger yep. and mm-hmm. then you have endurance training which most of us are familiar with that's really really light load and super high reps and that's for complementing somebody like a runner or anybody that's just trying to do more endurance sport um so yeah you have power that's high load low rep you have strength which is somewhere in between the middle you're just trying to get like stereotypically stronger then you have hypertrophy where you're actually getting the muscle stronger but you're not really getting stronger <laughs> or the muscle is so getting can, bigger but you look right. stronger <laughs> a lot of bodybuilders some don't even lift heavy weights yeah they just tons and tons and tons of volume right for the hypertrophy so what about like the average person like if they're they have a exercise routine and maybe they want to make sure they're kind of covering all those all those boxes you know would it just be like mixing up some a combination of movements intensity weights volume sets and reps you know and just like trying to have a mix of all of them i mean what what would you recommend for that um i feel like if you just go in like i'm gonna do them all 
you feel like you're taking a bigger bite than you can chew. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like to just go through the functional. Like on a weekly basis, maybe, you know, like kind of split it up. Yeah. So like on my strength and conditioning days, I feel like on those days, we it makes in a little bit more power and traditional strength. And then on conditioning days, we'll just do a little bit more of the other end, which is a little bit more endurance training. So sometimes we'll do like 15 reps on deadlifts or we'll just do mm-hmm. more, not even with weights essentially, but we'll do some stuff on like the rower where we have some resistance training, but it's not more, it's not necessarily weight training. It's more resistance based. So where does the primal movement fall into the spectrum? Everywhere. Everywhere. Okay. Doesn't well, matter. what are some examples? Because like obviously <laughs> sp- sprinting could be, you know, in his own bucket, but, but like mm-hmm. some of the movements I see you do on Instagram where you're doing the different flow and you're doing a lot of the, the stuff that's like low to the ground, low center of gravity, a lot of flexibility, but also strength can play into that depending on like how fast or hard you're going. You can go slow, you can go faster. You know, how do you think of it in terms of the primal movement stuff? Because so, it's something I feel like everybody should be doing more of. They should be moving more like an animal and people just don't. Like they, even if they go in the gym, they do a deadlift and like there's just so many angles that their body they're missing out on you yeah, know your body so many movement angles to move in those ranges so when it comes to flow state and primal movement i like to just separate them a little bit because i think people automatically think that once you get down to the ground you're just gonna come out with some break dancing looking flow and that's not even the goal that's not for mm-hmm. me personally and my clients that's not even our goal that's a tool that you can utilize and if you end up getting to that point and if you could even start off with baby steps and work on your level of flow state that'd be great because flow state is essentially just getting to a level where you're able to enjoy your movement and utilize all the techniques that you've learned in a more creative limitless way so you're actually being more creative, you're moving without boundaries and you're doing flow. So if you've seen any of the videos of flow, it looks like people are literally like break dancing. Um, so mm-hmm. I use that more on active rest days. So on days where I just want to get some movement, I want to have fun. I specifically reserve f- flow and play for those days, but I'm a little bit more structured throughout my week on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, I do strength and conditioning. And then I usually do them at on it, but at on it in their own training system, they do have a lot of like primal movements and ground based movements that they incorporate. So the way we incorporate it is in the warm up. So you start off with mm-hmm. your warm up, you incorporate it there. And even if if it's a lifting day, like for example, this past Thursday was a leg day. So we did deadlifts and we did a lot of deadlifts. I think we did like 15 deadlifts. Like I said before, we did 15 deadlifts and then we did like step ups, lunges, but then we did some mm-hmm. bodyweight stuff in there. Um, and I think it's for sure like in the primal category, but we did some mountain climber variations. We did some squat sprawls where we're doing like a squat to up dog. So I really love how even in your leg day where you're doing deadlifts, you're going to compl- get some other complementary movements where you're doing only body weight and getting in some more functional ranges per se. What are some out at home movements for people? Oh, I just did an at-home workout. This is great. <laughs> well, yeah, there you go. Like, so if someone's like, this is amazing and they go to your Instagram page and they're totally motivated, they want to they want to move primal, move like an animal that mm-hmm. they are, what were some basic movements they would do that aren't like on the far end of the range where it looks like you're basically like breakdancing or dancing yeah. or something, right? So my favorite moves to start everybody off with, I like to just go straight to animal flow because animal flow, it's very digestible for people. And I think it also has a certain alert to it. And especially when you give everything an animal name, it gives it's like, OK, I can actually like remember what this is and teach it to somebody else. Um, so it gives so you that is that like a program factor. where they find how yes. would they find that? Like, so, do you have a resource for that? Maybe. Yeah. So you can go to animalflow.com and they actually okay. have instructors all over the world for that. I'm one of them. Oh, cool. um, so you can go to my website, too, if you want to learn and some check, basics. Don't you have a free guide for some stuff that people yes, can download? I do Let's just plug that right now. Let's get it out there. Boom. So if you actually 
like not even hypothetically. If you're going to start learning how to do body weight flow, go to my website at francescamartinez.com, F-R-A-N-C-H-E-S-K-A, and that's Martinez with the Z. And then I have a free program available for everybody. Like there's no strings attached. All you have to do is just go put in your email and it's yours for life. So in there, I'll teach you what I was going to talk about. So it's the ABCs of animal flow. So A is for ape. So that's doing any position where you're in a deep squat. So you could even be a deep squat. This This is awesome. Like it doesn't have to be anything. Like you can literally just hang out. Just go in a squat and like, and just hang out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, of course, with my training, I always like to give a lot of cues so that we are understanding where we should feel the muscle activation so that we're actually getting the most out of our, you know, the most bang for our buck. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as mobility and strength goes. And then B is beast. So beast is just a quadruped position. Um, so if anybody's familiar with the quadruped position, you're just on your hands and feet, like you're crawling like a baby. So that's a beast. So you're literally going back to crawling like a child. And then <laughs> crab is just the flip over of beast. So crab, your butt is towards the ground and your face is up towards the ceiling. That makes sense. So if they get in these base positions, I assume there's then movements out of these positions that you can do. Like if you're in beast Absolutely. and you're on all fours, you like can take a leg out or an arm out and do different things. Mm-hmm. Is, that, is that right? Absolutely. Awesome. So that's the most so like fundamental. They could just get in these positions. So it sounds like, so ape deep squat, right? Chest upright. And there's a lot of different things you can do from that angle. Then beast is all fours, mm-hmm. right? And then you have crab, which is basically on your back, all fours up. Yeah. If people at home just got on the ground, did that oh, wait. and then start started moving did i miss something <laughs> no i just thought what you said because you're right it's face up but hands and feet on the ground sorry i was thought if you meant like dead bug i got confused well that's what i was thinking of actually <laughs> i was thinking of a dead bug so your face up but your hands are and legs are on the ground too yes it's Is, like wait, we're calling that a simple one oh, hold on a minute i'm trying to visualize that yeah i'm still not visualizing that's it. literally like no not a back bend so like you're sitting so imagine you're sitting on the ground right and then you would just put your hands behind your back and then you lift yourself <laughs> watching your brain I'm totally tick. i'm totally downloading her guide so i can see this yeah. I, need, I need to visualize this it makes way more sense Crap. now that now that you describe it that way i was seeing it as like <laughs> inverted hands and feet and like doing some you know You're ring like, stuff that's easy no <laughs> <laughs> so okay that's awesome um so i think this is definitely a good baseline the thing that comes to my attention though is the ape the deep squat crap mm-hmm. There's a lot of people, and this is also a byproduct of our modern environment, Absolutely. that cannot get in a deep squat. You know what kills me? It's that as like Western people, we call it the poor man squat. It kills me. I'm like, no, you should you, be able to squat like that too. No, we should like babies. <laughs> like my son can just get in the deepest squat you've ever seen. And I've always been pretty flexible, so I can do that as well. But a lot of people cannot even fathom that. So what could people do on, on their squat? Because it is one of those movements that like... It's foundational to everything. Yes. You know, absolutely. so what, what is a poor man's squat? Is that something that you recommend people kind of start with or? Um, I like to say it's, it's the goal. Because um, I think a okay. lot of times when people are like, oh, okay, Francesca said I need to do deep apes to, you know, get more right. mobile. They'll get all the way down to where their mobility lets them. And they just really look like a, oh, I'm the worst. They look like a gargoyle, you know, like yeah, they're like their hunched like over. over. Yeah. Their knees are caving in. Their heels are lifted. Like their feet mm-hmm. are flat. Like all of the structural cues that I like live for <laughs> are just gone out the window. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and not even that, like I said, I'm not dogmatic. Like there's points where you're gonna lose structure. Like that's just life. Like there mm-hmm. might be a sport where I want to lose structure, you know, whatever it is. Um, but if you wanna be strong, you should probably have a strong foundation. So going back to your question, if people wanna start with the the deep ape, the poor man's squat, whatever it's called, um, I think it's just, the first thing is just educating yourself. Like 
okay, aside from getting my ass to the grass, what really is my goal? Like aside from that, am I trying to go from a more flex spine? Do I just want more neutral spine? Is it to kind of just have integrity where I feel strong in this squat and I'm actually able to hold myself in it for a minute? So I think that's the first thing. And like anything that's, you know, everyone's going to have a different personal reason as to why their goal is such and um, different coaches are going to ask for different things. So my thing when it comes to a deep ape, you know, your spine doesn't need to be as straight as a pencil. But for the most part, I want you being able to pull your shoulders back. Like if you can mm-hmm. control where your scapula is, that that's a squat that I want you in. If you can't control your scapula, if you can't control your pelvis, if you can't control the position of your feet, that squat's too deep for you. So I think those are usually the prerequisites for my squat. Do you have control? Are you able to hold this position? Do you have structural integrity? Yeah. So would maybe like like starting with a chair or a box? Oh, absolutely. Progressively like lowering where the hips go because i mean i remember in the cross gym we had people that could barely sit on a box with any kind of width of the and then their mm-hmm. chest up like it, it's just the thing that a lot of people struggle with yeah. and also maybe what are the benefits of a deep squat because like you know we're talking about like the assumption that people should be do, able to do squats and they should be but it's one of those in my opinion user to lose it like you're not going to get any more flexible as you age you're still going to get worse and if you can't get into that position you're going to have major problems pretty much forever Absolutely. i feel like so so it's mostly just being able to access the range in your spine your hips knees and ankles so definitely hips for me yeah. <laughs> hips knees and ankles um and mm-hmm. everyone's squat looks different and a lot of it is just really biomechanical like what are the length of your what's the length of your femur you know what mm-hmm. what are your different proportions but I think for, like you said, just having a, like, use it or lose it. If you have access to that range, it's going to be yours and you'll be able to use it when you need it. So let's say something falls or you need to pick something up or whatever the scenario in your life is, it's probably going to be beneficial for you to just move better. Because a lot of times we even drop, or most of my clients that have ever gotten hurt, and I love it because you hear coaches say this all the time and you don't believe them until it happens to you. All my clients that I've gotten hurt with the exception of like one person was off my clock. They're at home hanging out mm. with their kids, chasing their dog, or they dropped a freaking sock. I don't yeah. know. You know, they literally just went to pick something up or they turned the wrong way and that's it. They're out of commission for like three weeks. Um, so that's I think terrible. that's the biggest thing. It's just so you can move better in your daily life. Like if you can go and grab a piece of paper better, you're going to live a healthier, longer life. If you can actually play with your dog and not pull, you know, an ACL or whatever it is, you're going to live a healthier <laughs> life. Yeah. I mean, picking up, I pick up my son all the time. He's a year old. What about picking up um, our grandkids when we get older? Absolutely. Like that's, that's a legitimate thing you would not even be able to do. And the squat can assist in that. I mean, that's really the proper way you should pick them up. Instead of people bend at the hips, they try. And then that's where all the problems come in when they just do like a full own, you know, they don't use their knees or hips Absolutely. at all. Like major issues can happen there. And then going back to your other question, when I do teach clients that have very extreme mobility restrictions, how to become more mobile, I think my biggest thing for them is just learning how to become more in tune with their body. So I like to take get away from external cues sometimes. Well, there's a time and place for external cues because sometimes they will advance the learning curve or, you know, wherever they're at. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think a lot of times it's just learning to own your squat wherever it is, like learning to own your mobility wherever your mobility is. Because I see this a lot with um, people that, like, for example, my favorite client right now, or not that she's my favorite, she's my only client, but my top student, my only student right now. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite, my top, and my worst all at the same time. Private student though. Private because you you do workshops and stuff too, Yeah, right? I do so workshops. Like pri- right. I do a lot of online stuff right now. So I've been fortunate enough to only have one person right now. And it's a weird place in my career, but I really love it. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm waiting for the next one. So if you want to train with me, hit me up. I'm in Austin. 
Um, but with her, <laughs> she's the opposite of most people. She is not, I wouldn't even say she's hypermobile because she's not. Her thing is she's more stable where she should be mobile and she's more mobile where she should be stable. You know, it's kind of like flip flop a little bit or even for even for her. Uh, so I don't go so deep into it. Let's say like T-spine. Her T-spine is super mobile, but it may be more mobile than it should be. So sometimes she's more mobile than she should be in some areas, sometimes a little stiffer. Yep. Um, so I think for her, it's learning how her body is not even designed to move, but how her body actually moves today, right now, so that mm -hmm. you can start learning where your restrictions are. So I think a lot of times if we're too focused on the goal, we're missing out on all these itty gritty little pieces because we're all like, oh, mobility, mobility, mobility is like this awesome new like hot hype fitness word. And the truth is it's not. It probably is trending right now, but it's been around forever. Coaches have been talking about mobility yeah. and stability for decades. So I think the compliment to that, that is hopefully soon going to be like at the forefront of fitness, it's stability. Like we need stability to complement our mobility like it's like having a coin with one face you have to have two face on a coin or else it's not a coin you know that's awesome yeah. so i want to i want to get into a little bit into instagram yeah. uh, wait before we go i have a question related to primal movement okay mm -hmm. so this is a super new question i've been listening to everything looking to see if i could hear a piece of this that's what you're here for brian you need I, to be asking more noob questions <laughs> this, is, this is a total new question so when i was at like paleo effects or when i was at KetoCon. When I saw the words primal movement, it always involved somebody holding up a sword or a mace and like swinging it around. Mace and we didn't pretty mention that, that at all. So yeah. how is that like tied in? Is that just, are they stealing the words or is it part of it? I think it's just like this hype branding thing that people are doing. Yeah, nowadays. it's an accessory to That's it, how it felt. Yeah. I felt like it was all hype and I don't know. I didn't want to like call it that, but because I, mean, I don't know anything. I'm I don't know friends with everybody. I just have my own opinion. So don't hate me, my friends that are listening to this. But yeah, I mean, nothing against it. Like, I mean, everything at the grocery store says organic, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I guess, well, but they, I guess it's functional it's, movement, though, right? It's functional and it's you unconventional. Know, it can still be functional. So it is. Yeah, it's like, there is a root in it, but for sure, I think yeah. it's like a a hype branding thing. But that's just my opinion. Yeah. But you're right. So Colin. you don't own a mace no, or a he-man sword. I've seen no, her do I mace. Do mace. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so can you define explain what that is i mean we have people who are like mace like they're thinking of some medieval knight holding a thing with spikes on the end like that's not really what we're talking you about got that. what that's what like it though, is right? that's really what it is <laughs> without the spikes i guess it's a legal weapon that you can use to bash windows when people piss you off in traffic because we're all from florida here you know <laughs> florida so it's people. a steel steel handle with a, a metal head and you know you can do different movements swinging and like it, it helps you move a little bit more than the traditional like mm -hmm. bodybuilding that kind of stuff right so it is it is a functional movement yes. i think it's really cool but i think some people like you know they might overdo it a little yeah bit, and then but, you know, all whatever. the weight is or most of the weight is on that end of the head so that you have to mm -hmm. fight to kind of level off the weight so it gives you that offset balance for those of you that are familiar with that it's having more load on one side so it's good because it, it honestly makes your abdominals and it makes your quote-unquote yep. core fight and work harder to stabilize your body so there totally is a good functional um, aspect to it and it's good for yep. your grip strength, good for your shoulder mobility. And it's possibly functional and overhyped at the same yes, time. Absolutely. Yeah, a lot of things are, but it's <laughs> but it's also not just primal. Like I would say if I had to define primal, it would just be moving in nature. Like if you're in the jungle and you had to climb things, crawl, like you see guys in, going through jungle with a machete, right? Yeah. Our ancestors didn't have machetes. So they just had to get creative with the the way the, the bodies moved, right? I agree. And you know, so like, what? How would you define? It? Is this something along no, those lines, or thousand percent? And uh, you honestly just reminded me of one of my Instagram friends. His name is like 
if you guys want to find him, I think it's Shark Ortiz, maybe with two Z's or something, but whatever. He's one of my Instagram friends. I think he lives in like Costa Rica or something. And he literally goes diving with a kettlebell and he goes and like <laughs> goes running up the mountains and goes like running and like crawling up the sand dunes. Like he is the most primal yeah, person awesome. I know. And I'm honestly like Instagram best friends with him because he always sends me his videos and I just eat it up. But literally, have like, you ever have you followed Ido Portal? Yes, Ido Portal is okay. Very uh, yeah, I mean he's like the super yeah, I've been following for years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then uh, another guy, uh, he does the Movnat Movnat or Movnat brand. Irwin, he's a French special forces guy. He has a lot of stuff on on primal movement. A lot of this stuff isn't new. It's just becoming a little bit more brought to the forefront Absolutely. of you know the fitness consciousness, which I think is really really good because I think some of the old like bodybuilding that Arnold made like Arnold did more for the fitness industry than anybody in our country. So we're always thankful for him. Right. <laughs> but that was like, that was 1.0. And for most people getting big Jack doing hypertrophy based movements is not really the best thing for people. People need to get outside. They need to move in any place sports, you know, they need to get on the ground and like get in touch with the way their hips and their knee joints and their ankles and their hands and their, just all these things. Take move, off your shoes. Right. Like as simple as exactly. that. Get in this, get in, get in the dirt, play around, roll around, do some car wheels, whatever. And I, and I see a resurgence of that that is amazing and we need more of that. Um, so is there anything that you want to cover on that before we, I want to ask you a few questions about your really awesome Instagram. Um, no, I think you hit it on the nail. Like just literally like live like a human, take off your shoes, spread your toes, go walk in some grass. Maybe don't put on so much sunblock for one day. <laughs> What's your favorite thing to do when you do that? Cause like I've seen you on Instagram at Barton Springs or at the park, like Austin's a very outdoor city, mm-hmm. but do you go and you're just always doing like flashy, like primal movements or I saw you even train, I think with maybe a niece or nephew at one point, honestly, There's some kids in your Instagram, like what are some things you like to do with them? That's my little brother. Um, with him, I just oh, try to great. get him a little bit more involved with movement. Um, cause I think he just sees working out as a burden, but yeah, honestly, I just try to just go with the flow whenever I go out in nature. I think very rarely I feel like going out and doing flashy stuff, but I think that's whenever I get recorded. So I think people think yeah, that right. <laughs> I only want to go and do yeah. flashy stuff. That's like once a summer and I get caught. Um, <laughs> but yeah, for the most part, for the most of I'm like, you know, even though I like to move, like I'm still super normal human. Like I like to go and like just lay out in Barton Springs and not move sometimes, you know, but I think for the most part, you know, I take pride in my body and I take pride in the fact that like we can move and we are able bodied. So I think that's the perspective of like trying to use your body more, you know, like when I am there laying and being like worthless and just soaking up the sun, I'm like, you know what, maybe it'll make me feel better if I just do some spinal waves or something, you know, and it doesn't even have to be much, you know, just literally taking the opportunity to honor my body and put myself out there in nature. Definitely. Do you ever go to the secret Springs part? Is that the dog park? It's behind Barton Springs. No, I've never even heard of it. Brent, we're not supposed to publicly talk about this. Remember, <laughs> there was people there. There was no, someone we, there that didn't want us to tag the location because they're like, this is my spot. I don't want anybody coming here. They it's literally told us we weren't allowed to tag the location yeah. in any of our photos. There was a plaque there from like the state, you know, like yeah. saying what the location was. It wasn't a secret at all, even though it's called Secret Springs. It's anyway, a, it's sorry. A secret. We'll tell you later, though. Drop we'll the DM pin you next time. The location. Yeah, <laughs> we will definitely drop the pin. For all our listeners, all our thousands of listeners out there, it's just to, just to really annoy those people. So we got your Instagram. And again, so I'm scrolling now to the back to the top, which is taking me about 10 scrolls to get there. Um, but I see you start doing a lot more video content. You have, so you have video, you have picture. And I'm just really... Do you see my formula? No, I'm kidding. Formula? <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm genuinely curious, but I also, you know, like... Have there been anything that has gone viral? Have you gotten like any shout outs or mentions or you've literally just been like, I'm going to post good content. 
from a place of kind of giving and just, you know, let it take me where it does. Uh, what do you consider viral? Well, like, you know, sometimes like maybe one post. No, nothing viral. Not no, yet. Uh, well, I mean, if one post got a, like hundreds of thousands of views or whatever, sometimes certain posts will go viral and that'll bring you followers. I suspect you've just been doing it and yeah. you've been like gaining in time. That's kind of what my intuition tells me. Yeah, I've, done, I've had a couple posts that did like really well, but nothing close to viral. Have you done anything on purpose? Like saying like, I'm going to try to grow my Instagram or is it just like, I mean, what's your strategy? How about that? Like, how do you think about your Instagram? So honestly, I, when I first started getting more into Instagram, I think the first thing that incentivized me was that I was actually getting in-person clients from it. Um, mm-hmm. So I realized like, oh, like there actually is going to be like a long-term payoff for this, whether it's just sure. building my reputation. And actually, that's what I think it was. And this is like me just being back home in Miami before I even like moved to Austin. This is like two years ago. So I remember when I was first doing it and I stopped working at Primal Fit, I just started just honestly just doing, I had more time for myself, so I just had more time to record stuff. So I just started recording my Mm -hmm. workouts more. I started recording my clients more and I just did it organically, like for no reason, just because I liked it. Um, And I've always had a personal and um, my personal has always been private. So I think that's why I just switched Mm -hmm. over and started doing that more. But yeah, I just started recording stuff and then I realized like, oh, wow, people are actually reaching out to me in my area because they like what I do. So that just mm-hmm. incentivized me to share more. And I think through sharing more, I started discovering more of just the movement and the fitness community on Instagram. Like the communities yeah. on there are so cohesive. It's beautiful. Like I honestly have really, really good friends that I've never met online. And we've been yeah. friends for years now. Um, and then awesome. when you do meet them, it's like you've already known them. So it's a little weird at first. And then you're like, it's okay. We just, you know, we freaking FaceTime or whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, honestly, it started off super organic. I realized that I can get clients clients from it. And then I realized that I was actually impacting a bigger community. And like, yes. and I think that's what really drove me to it. Because it wasn't like, oh, I was impacting one person in Wisconsin and one person in Australia and then a random person in Romania. Like, that's not how it felt like. It felt like we were all together. Like, and we all kept growing together and kept seeing each other's journey and supporting each other. And it just kept growing. So like, let's say that person in Wisconsin goes to Germany. There's like 20 other people in Germany that do like the same thing. So it just kept like growing, growing, clustering and like the snowball effect. And then after that, I started working for air for my boyfriend, actually. And that gave me um, just a different perspective on like, man, like I can actually turn this into like a long-term business. Like it's not even just an Instagram. Like this is like, at this point it's my brand and my reputation um, Mm -hmm. and all my knowledge evolving over time. Cause now you can see my technique. You can see, you know, how I showcase stuff. You can see everything just evolving. So then I decided to just get better at it, post every single day and post better quality stuff and kind of just curate a little bit more so you know mm-hmm. go with stuff do stuff a little bit more intentionally and like think yep. about who i'm trying to reach more so with what i'm doing that's amazing so mm-hmm. so what are your current goals with it because i've seen you've been doing more event stuff yeah like workshops seminars is that part of what you're doing with your boyfriend like through that mm-hmm. is that is that like its own thing so we do it together so cool. yeah we do it together that's our workshops and yeah right now we're just with the instagram mostly just trying to you know continue gaining momentum with what we're doing so we're doing the in-person um workshops every month we have a workshop hopefully next year we're going to start touring europe so we really want to do an australia tour and we really want to do a uk tour and um yeah just honestly continue doing momentum with that it's super gratifying and it's like like so amazing to meet with people that are into our type of training in person and yeah just kind of continue growing that uh maybe launch another course soon hopefully soon I've been thinking about it, but the thought's a little daunting. Like, oh no, not another project. Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) 
So we're going to get to the lightning round to close this out. Mm -hmm. And is there anything that you'd like to, uh, any call to action or anything you'd like our audience to hear before we kind of get to that? So if you're somebody that doesn't move as much as they should, and that's a lot of us, if you can, if you can do anything, just anything, take away 30 minutes of your day or just schedule off 30 minutes every day within the next seven days to do something you actually enjoy. Not like, oh, I'm going to go force myself to go to the sauna or lock myself in the gym. Like actually something you enjoy. Just 30 minutes active. It can't be like Legend of Zelda or something. Unless- <laughs> that's, re- that's really specific. That's what I, I want to do, honestly. That's really what uh, I want to yeah. do. <laughs> Unless they have like a Wii version. Did, what happened to Wii Fitness? Did that like die out? Because that yeah. was like a thing. Yeah, I mean, that's out. like three consoles ago, bro. Yeah, or go mm-hmm. play DDR or something, right? It's all about Nintendo DDR, Switch. Well. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Okay. So let's get to the lightning round and I have my couple questions and then Brent, if you have any, if you have any, you can uh, throw them in there. So the first one is always most impactful or favorite book. First, they killed my father. Whoa. Say that again. Yeah. Say that again. (laughs) It's just the first thing that always comes to my head. I think it just impacted me really hard. It's called first. They killed my father. First, they killed my father. What, why it really hit me. It's because it's a woman's true story. It's her memoir on um Mm. her family in cambodia and how they came to the states and they obviously killed her father but i think it just reminds you of like the fragility of life and that like you need we all can be so grateful for what we have and there's nothing more beautiful than like enjoying your human experience and like we should all be be grateful a lot of us don't aren't grateful enough absolutely yeah Yeah, i I think no book has made me cry more than that so i think that's why it's my first book it reminds me to be grateful (laughs) so how about favorite netflix series or documentary anything on netflix anything on netflix oh this is always just bias based on the last thing that you watched uh it's called recency bias yes it absolutely is um favorite thing like there's got to be some that are like the really big ones that okay you know you orange is a new black because i'm still on it Uh, i I always (laughs) see that i've never watched it have you watched that yeah yeah just watched last season it was it was absolutely phenomenal yes really yeah it's a great show it's amazing (laughs) So why it's like got the perfect amount of humor? I might have to actually watch that then. Like the perfect amount of like, like tear jerky. Like yeah, yeah. It just like really puts you into like all types of the, like all colors, shapes, and sizes of the female experience, and just male experience as well. Just human experience highlighting the female experience. Okay, awesome. So hundred dollar or less purchase that has impacted your life. Ooh, toe spreaders. It could, toe spreaders. Yeah, there they go. cost There's you a like quick one. six bucks. Yes, you get them on Amazon, right? How they, how, like, what's the purpose? Are those the things that you like paint your toes with? Kind of. Well, you could, you could, but this is more for like, like I see a lot of yogis like, yeah, and they're usually like silicone, so they're more comfortable. So the whole purpose is to just spread, like literally increase the space in between your toes so that you can open up those tiny intrinsic muscles in your feet to kind of just have like a more naturally moving foot. So like the tighter your toes are, the tighter your fascia, the tighter all those little muscles are. And the... The more you walk like a duck, you're not meant to walk like a duck. <laughs> your feet aren't really moving right. How about this? You have like, right. don't you have like over a hundred bones in your feet or something? Yeah, it's insane. Yeah. And our feet are another one, another one of those things that are devolving thanks to the shoe industry, which is why you saw like the, you know, Vibram and all the, the barefoot stuff or whatever. And people just need to also walk barefoot more. Like Vibram's some people- got sued. Yeah, but whatever. That's top for another day. Uh, the, bare, the barefoot movement is we need it. It's we walked barefoot like that's what our ancestors did. Just another example. Yes. Um, 
So do you have any of, for lightning round? Uh, you know what? I, I've I've come up with a couple. For, first off, just because there's a Miami connection here. Woo. Favorite restaurant in Miami. <gasps> oh, my God. All my Jewish friends are going to love me. Edso Itzi. <laughs> How do you say Edsel? it? Have you been there? Ed- I have not. Edso Itzi. So it's E-T-Z-E-L. Edso. And then it's Itzik. I-T-Z-I-K. Edso Itzi. It's very what cuisine. Is it? Can you guess? I'm gonna say it again. Etzol itzik. It's not saying it right either, but it's Israeli. So it's really mm. bomb Israeli food, according to everyone that goes there. And all my Israeli friends go there, and all their moms go there, and grandparents. So that's how I you think know. I've never had Israeli food. It's legit. It's super and super good. So I actually saw a movie last night on Netflix that I will recommend: Red Sea Diving School. Ooh. And it reminds me of that because it's about a cool story. Everybody should watch it. You would like it too. <laughs> okay. Okay, so uh, Brent, no more questions for the lightning round. No, no, hold on, hold on. All right, all right. We so we got a we got a good Miami restaurant. What about a good Austin restaurant? Mm, can you give me a category? That's really hard, man. You're putting me on the spot. Uh, Asian really? food will go completely different than the uh, than the Israeli area. I'm not gonna go with the stereotypical Uchiko because Uchiko doesn't have enough options for picky eaters like me. So best Asian restaurant in Austin. You know what? I'm going to go with Corriente. Have you guys been there? Very good. Yes. Because you know what? I can, get, really good. I can get everything I want for 10 bucks. And yeah, I'm super good. happy and I don't feel guilty. Like that is true yeah, happiness. Corriente is amazing. And they give you free soup and salad at lunch. That has me sold. I didn't know that. Yes, yes. I need to get down there actually. That's All right, last good. one. Favorite Instagram account under 25,000 followers. Ooh, check out my friend Melissa Aloha. She has a really good account. Like really, Melissa really, Aloha. really good account. Melissa. Spelled in the classical way? Yes. I don't think it has anything funky in there. She's like a blonde chick with like cute little piercings and she dates an MMA dude. I think she dates, um, man, what's his name? I forget his name. It's like a funny name, but she has a really good fitness account. She does a lot of uh, functional training. She does animal flow. Sometimes she'll actually show you flows, um, does a lot of body weight stuff. So we're pretty in line with what we do um yeah she's really good coach like all her students honestly the way you judge another coach online is how their students are doing like if they post students Mm -hmm. and they're all jacked up and they're breaking their backs and you're like i don't know if i trust them with my life her students are always like amazing impeccable form i found her melissa aloha melissa aloha awesome okay well francesca thanks for coming on the show it's been a blast Go ahead, plug where everybody can find you. And obviously they need to go download your your free uh, e- ebook over at francescamartinez.com. Yes, sir. Even yeah, comes we'll have with videos. In the show notes. And yeah, videos, okay. Whole, cool. whole training. Awesome. So whole class. Ooh, obviously yeah. they should also follow you on Instagram at Francesca thing, Fit. Um, Francesca Fit. Okay. Anywhere else? Um, yeah, I'm on YouTube. I'm not that good at Facebook, oh, that. but I'm on there. I'm trying to get better at YouTube, baby steps. I'm still a little noob, but yeah, fine. You can always help you with some video stuff too. Yeah, let me know. We got a collab. Awesome, for sure, totally. Okay, well, thanks for coming on the show. And if anybody wants to send some love to her, go ahead and find her on Instagram, send her DM, slip in there. And if you have any feedback, send us an email to info at wildfoods.co and make sure you guys like and subscribe. Thanks for coming on the show, Francesca. Thank you so much. You guys are awesome.